What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. As the Nationals are struck away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, oh, great crossover. Got it. <laughs> That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh, handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to episode number 56 of the DC Crossover. Glad to have you with us. I am Ben Simpson. That is Mike Cerrone. You can find us on Twitter at the DC Crossover for the main show account, and you can follow. Mike Cerrone's hot takes on Twitter at Cerrone16. So hot. Mike, I just want you to know that um, I I did fulfill a fatherly duty today, and that is destroying a wasp that had entered my humble abode. Had to do the shoe bit. Uh, Yeah, no, not a bee. A a wasp. And so I was a little... I feel like when it's a wasp, it's a little different. Right, like it's a little bit right uh, because wasps are, are actually kind of scary. Like even as a grown man, I'm like I don't want to be stung by a wasp. So uh, it was oh, yeah. it, uh, the wasp was hanging around, and I I grabbed I did the shoe thing. So I grabbed a shoe. First couple attempts <laughs> went a little bit like uh, I'm trying to think of what Nat's been striking out a lot lately. But I, a couple swings and misses at first, and it, and I kind of had to track it all the way upstairs, and then finally hit the sucker. It, like snapped in half or something like that. I don't know. It was Ooh. a wild scene. Sorry for those Violent. animal lovers out there um, that listen to this show. But uh, did destroy a wasp, protected my household. I am a man. 
That is so, hear me roar. My okay, all right, all right, Simba. Um, so basically, my sister kind of it's kind of a weird thing. She actually the other day in our family group thread because everyone has a family group thread for the most for part. For sure, yeah. She she sent this thing. I don't know why she sent it. I maybe maybe she was bored. Um, but she sent a comprehensive guide to yellow stripey things, and it's literally uh, eight. Uh, like basically, everyone calls them wasps or bees, um, but they're all different things. And there's a carpenter bee, a honey bee, a bumblebee. A hoverfly, a paper wasp, a yellow jacket, yeah, yellow jacket, cicada killer, yeah, yeah, and a dirt dauber, and they all there's like four, <laughs> four bullets underneath each one that tells you, oh, this one, you know, they're just happy if you don't mess with them, they're not going to touch you, they're not harmful, and then there's one that just basically says, uh, the yellow jacket that says it wants your food and it's not going to leave you alone, it just wants to be a jerk. Yeah, the <laughs> like wasp. So the wasp is a little <laughs> bit of skinnier body, I think, and the versus like a bumblebee, which is more like a round. It's more bumblebee's more like us. A wasp. Oh, I'm texting it to you right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I really would appreciate that because <laughs> I kind of need to know this stuff. But I believe it was a wasp. I think my eyes did not deceive me, and so I was right. able to destroy it today. Oh yeah, this is very helpful. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure this was. <laughs> Unless this was a honeybee, now I'm questioning myself. Now, uh, I'll look. I'll, I'll look through this uh, this thing you sent me a little bit uh, more in. Look depth. at the garbage and see how many stripes it has. Oh, that's true. It is cut in half, though. I have to kind of put it together like a puzzle. Um, anyways, <laughs> this is the DC crossover, the show that actually we talk about sports, not honeybees and yellow jackets. Um, and uh, you can find us also besides on iTunes and all that, as we mentioned last week. We are on The Contender, and The Contender, mm-hmm. uh, they're doing a launch here this week, starting on Tuesday, um, and uh, that's where you can listen to us, is on Tuesday, if you'd like, you, the show replays, I think, like, ten times throughout the day, so hey, if you're if you're uh, up at 3 a.m. All different times. 3 a.m. on Tuesday, and you want to throw on TheContender.com, <laughs> that's Contender with a K, feel free to do so. Uh, we're also on throughout the day. Bill Rowland will be doing a live show. The way they're kind of having it set up is Chicago and D.C., the two main cities um, of content right now. Um, and Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, I believe, are the D.C. days, and the other ones are Chicago days. So it's just a cool thing Mike and I are doing. We're involved with... Uh, hopefully, it will expand to even more content. Mike's going to be working on some draft content with them. Uh, so stay tuned to the social media channels, as always, at the DC Crossover and uh, at Cerrone16 to find out what is going on. Uh, but, Mike, besides me slaying the Yellow Jacket, Wasp, whatever, <laughs> um, before we get into the Rewind, the segment where we talk about the past week in DC sports, I just want to find out. How was your week, buddy? Did, have you had, did, was it a pretty good week? Did you did you have to fight off any flying insects or anything? No, I did not have to fly off uh, or or whatever fight off uh, the flies and all that kind of stuff. But I uh, I did want to mention that because everything is opening up nowadays, uh, you know, when people are trying to go out and stuff like that, obviously you want to do it safely and whatnot. Everything is so jam packed, except for like the 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 weak link restaurants and stuff like that that no one ever goes to and that's the funny thing i went to a place yesterday and uh they literally said we have half off drinks for the entire night wow <laughs> and, I, and i was like all right i, I literally said wait capital a l l like every drink is is 50 off and he was like yeah, every drink. And I was like, all right, I'll have a double uh, Jack and Coke. <laughs> yeah, if there's anybody that loves a good deal, it's Mike Cerrone. And, 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 oh, yeah. and when you combine a good deal with alcohol, that's like that's like your birthday and Christmas wrapped into one. 
Oh, it was ridiculous, man, because literally at the end of the night, me and my girl were sitting there, and literally it was, geez, we might have had four drinks each, and my bill was like 40 bucks. Jeez. And I was like, oh, okay, you got to be kidding me. And then they also said, well, we have also two apps tonight that are worth $5 each. And I said, what are those? And he said, uh, cheese fries <laughs> that are waffle fries. And I said, all right, I'll take two of those. Yep. Um, so it literally the bill was like nothing. It was, it was probably the best receipt I've ever been handed in my life. I was happy to pay that bill. Wow. There's nothing better <laughs> than getting a good deal on food and drinks, especially oh, yeah. as the weather gets nicer and you know, like you said, more people are going to be out and about and bars are going to uh, be more and more crowded and they're going to jack up their prices, especially trying to come right. back from all this craziness. So the fact that you were able to pull that off in a, in a, uh, a, a nice little, Nice little food and drink night on a Saturday night and not spend that much money. That's the American dream right there, people. Well, that's the funny thing is we were supposed to go. We were, we were looking into um, Leesburg this time, and we were like, hey, let's go to King Street Oyster Bar. Now, obviously, it's a popular place, and they always shut down King Street out in Leesburg all the time. And that's the funny thing was everything literally was jam-packed. We got to King Street. We walked down King Street. We made a nice left turn and went right back into the parking garage. And we were just like, "Nope, we're not doing this." <laughs> uh, like I didn't even, I didn't even ask what their weight was because there's people outside, like just hanging out, waiting. And I'm like, just waiting to be, uh, you know, talked to by the hostess. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not no, doing all that noise." No, the older so I, I get, I, the the less patience I have for waiting in right. any sort of line for anything ever. Yeah. So I ended up just, we ended up going to like our third choice. And uh, I'm not going to say the name, sure, uh, but because uh, I, I actually forgot it. Um, actually, I mean, I don't even know what it was. Honestly, she found it. But pretty uh, sure it was carpool. It, but uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, well, actually, you know what? The funny thing is, I actually went to carpool last night. Oh, <laughs> that was I, I, that was that was the nightcap. Oh, um, <laughs> I didn't realize you had a couple places. Okay, okay. Oh, it, I, it well, was the hey, I go to, tour. I got you. I got. Well, you. The, well, the car carpool. I, we go to carpool because honestly, and you know, because around Herndon they have the carpool there, and they also have the carpool in Fair Lakes, uh, Fair Oaks, yep. whatever you want consider that little area and obviously that one's nicer but the one in herndon is literally like less than seven minutes from my place so it's so easy to get to and obviously you go there and it's never crowded but i have one quick story about last night at carpool because ben i I don't know if you saw your snapchat did i send you the snaps from last night no i was up okay um yeah so uh uh, that guy that was just, I mean, he was just drunk as a skunk. He was plastered and he started like acting like he was twerking, but he was barely moving. And he would just like, like stick his butt out on like random objects in the, the, the whole entire restaurant bar area. Yeah. And no one, no one just cared. It was like, you know, it was the local Randy just hanging out, like just plastered at carpool on a Saturday night and no one's talking to him. And he's just I, I was laughing so hard to the point where, like, I just kept filming him. I, I couldn't stop. He's living he his dream. Notice. He's living his life. He's living the dream. I mean, twerking well, at he, a carpool was... on a Saturday night. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing, too, is that he, I think he was so plastered to the point where I don't understand that he knew that he wasn't twerking, like he wasn't moving, because he kept looking back, like, at himself, and it was just kind of like it got really awkward at the end, and then we were just like, all right, we got to go. Right, like, this a, guy he's is a student like, of the game. He's a student of the twerking uh, game. Right. He's just trying to, he's trying to get better. Get better. Go 1-0 <laughs> every single day, like David Martinez says. Uh, but no, for the no, Nats, yeah, exactly. it's like go 0-1 every single day. Yeah, yeah well, he's definitely 0-5 uh, so far uh, from what I saw that night. Well, I'm glad you but had that's some all, fun. That's all. I'm glad you had some fun <laughs> this week. Hopefully... Um, again, things will continue to open up here in the district 
and uh, we'll be able to hopefully Mike and I can do a go to a Nats game at some point later this season, maybe. So and and bring hopefully. you some some content, some Nats content tent from from Nats Park will be a blast, just like we did from Segra Field, Loudon United. Ooh. That's a fun episode. Yeah. Go back and listen to that if you haven't. Well, grab right. your waffle fries, douse them in cheese, because it's time to get into the rewind from the previous week. We know you guys are busy, so what we do is we reca- recap it all for you. Let's start with the Washington Wizards. Two and two week for the Wizards. They started off on Monday losing to <sighs> the worst team in the league, Toronto. 103-101. <laughs> Had an 11-point lead with about 10 and a half to go and still got the loss. Russell Westbrook, though, did get a triple-double like he does every single game, uh, but a bad loss there to Toronto. Wednesday did beat the Orlando Magic 131-116. to It's pretty easy to win basketball games when you shoot 57.6% from the field. Uh, didn't even trail after the half and beat a Pretty bad Magic team after shipping off all their talent. Uh, Friday, a, another kind of nice win for the Wiz. I mean, Golden State, while they aren't the Warriors of old, they're still a decent team this year, um, of course, right. led by Steph Curry. But uh, the Wizards won 110-107. Uh, Bradley Beal scored six points in the final six seconds. Pulled a little bit of Reggie Miller action there uh, to pull off the comeback there. And then Saturday, here's the problem with the Washington Wizards. You come from back-to-back wins, Orlando, Golden State, on a nice little streak, and then you lose to the Phoenix Suns. 134-106, Beal did not play. The Suns just destroyed. Uh, Double-doubles galore, and the Wizards' uh, little win streak, two-game win win streak, gets ended. So two-and-two week for your Washington Wizards. What about the Washington Capitals? So as we record this, the Capitals, as Ben likes to call them, are playing the Bruins, and they're just waxing the Bruins right now. So we can say, possibly, a little foreshadowing uh, before this episode is ended. They might be two and two this week. Tuesday, they lost to the Islanders one and oh, or one to nothing, which obviously that wasn't the best game. They actually got scored on very late, uh, despite Vanacek's 38 saves. Varlamov stays perfect late and stalls the Caps once again. New York is 2-0 in their last two versus Washington, keeping their Mass Mutual East title hopes alive. Moving on to Thursday, they lost to the Boston Bruins 4-2. Physical game became 3-0 very quickly in favor of Boston, though the Caps came back to make it a game heading into the third period, a goal within the last four minutes by the Bruins, sealed the deal, and another loss to Boston. The Caps are 2-3 versus Boston with both wins coming in extra time. Could be a sign to come in playoff time, but as we record this right now, they're up 3 to nothing. So they could be kind of uh, entering that 3-3, three 500 against Boston. Uh, and then on Friday, they beat the Sabres, the terrible Sabres, 4-3. A possible trap game after the Boston and uh, Isles loss, um, but they ended up getting a victory to end the skid. Justin Schultz had three points, one goal, two assists to lead them to the W. And now on to the finally playing Washington Nationals. Yes, the Washington Nationals did finally kick off their season on Tuesday playing the Atlanta Braves. Actually, was a pretty exciting game. You get a walk-off win with Juan Soto. It was kind of a back-and-forth game. Braves struck first. Nats came back in the second and the third. And then uh, the Nats win 6-5. Scherzer, it was one of those kind of traditional Max Scherzer games. Nine Ks, but four solo bombs. Uh, then moving on to the next day, the Nats ended up uh, playing a little doubleheader action. Lost them both, 7-6 and 2 nothing. 
Uh, and then, uh, so, you know, you lose that opening series to Atlanta. But, hey, it's the opening series. You don't think so much about it. Time to go back and play the Dodgers now and see what you can do there. And then the Nats really just aren't able to put any scoring together uh, this series at all. Losing 0-1 to on Friday, 5-9 uh, to on Saturday, and then today, Sunday, losing 0-3. to Spoiling a really, really strong Max Scherzer start. It was Scherzer-Kershaw. Stayed pretty deadlocked throughout. Nats just can't score. That is their third of four games, not even able to put a run on the board. Not good. We'll talk more Nats in a bit. Uh, But what about our Washington football team? The Washington football team, not a lot of news out there, even though we had a quote from John Kahn saying, one reason Rivera was reluctant to mortgage Washington's future with a bold trade for a quarterback is that he wants to build the offensive line just as they have done with the defensive line. And one person that they are actually looking at in the draft for possibly at the 19th pick is Christian Derrishaw from Virginia Tech. And now I'm a Virginia Tech mark, and Derrishaw definitely has the goods so we shall see if he actually can land uh, in Washington at number 19. But I'm sure they're going to go for an offensive lineman, uh, even you know, pending these rumors around town right now about possibly mortgaging the future for Trey Lance. We're going to see some rumors around that, about that, but John Kime, uh, kind of put that to bed uh, with uh, the, the quote from Rivera. Um, but definitely we'll see what they do at number 19 come draft time. Uh, hopefully, and I'm hoping they can go out there and get a starting left tackle. Uh, but we shall see. Check back to the contender with a K, the NFL Draft Show, for a full overview of the WFT's draft analysis and more, which I will have a nice two- to three-minute little segment in there. And they will also be talking about that during their draft show that is your rewind that lets you know what you may have missed throughout the week um it's our job to fill you in we know you have busy lives we have busy lives and sometimes you miss a couple games here and there and this is our way of just kind of catching you up um and especially if you're an adult watching three different teams play games throughout the week can be pretty difficult um so we, you know, if you're more of a Nats fan and you can learn about the Caps, and that's that's kind of our job is to kind of let you know a little bit about what's going on in those different. Hard worlds. to watch games too when you're killing bees and wasps. Well, yeah, it's hard to kill. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to watch games when you're that killing takes time. wasps. It takes time, and then you got other things going on like the Masters weekend and all that stuff. So a lot of sports <laughs> this weekend, uh, but we did want to touch briefly on one of the teams that happens to be in first place in the division. It's it's kind of. Weird for a D.C. team to be so good right now, considering where some of the other teams are doing, but this team is definitely holding their own. The Washington Capitals. Yes, the Washington Capitals, Mike. Um, uh, I was talking to my father over the weekend and letting, letting him know that, hey, by the way, you should, if you aren't already, you should be watching the Washington Caps because this team could be a cup contender this year. Uh, 26-11-4, 56 points as of this this recording. They are playing a game right now that they are uh, likely going to win. At least they're winning right now. But we've seen the Caps blow games uh, before this season, so we'll see what happens. Um, But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, first place in the Mass Mutual East still, just like we talked about the other week, um, you know, 14 games to go if you include this game tonight against Boston that they're playing right now and up 3-0. So a lot of, you know, we talked about it last week, Mike, about kind of uh, are the Caps peaking too early and things like that. We talked about the need to play 500 hockey. And this team, you know, 
may end up with that if they do beat Boston here tonight, which it's looking good, that they would be 2-2 two and two in their, their last four games, and that would put them at 500 hockey, and that's kind of what we wanted them to do, right? Like, that's that's kind of the direction you expect for them. Um, you know, you pull 2-2s two and twos out or 2-1s and ones and, and things like that over the rest of the season, and you can really hold that high position. Right, and that's the thing is that what you just said is they're kind of staying the course right now, and we've played the Devils enough to the point where we know the Devils obviously aren't going to make the playoffs, but you know that is not really a benchmark that we're trying to see, and that's why I said last week is that this is the nice stretch that we're going to see them play You know, the Isles. They're going to see them play the Pens. Uh, I think the Pens come up a couple times here uh, near the end of the month, I believe, and then obviously you're seeing them play Boston a couple times lately. It's just these are the benchmark games that we got to see them coming down the stretch and hopefully, um, you know, show us something that they can do uh, come playoff time because we're kind of over watching them play the Devils and watching them play the Sabres. You know, teams are not going to be making the playoffs. And that's the biggest thing is now we're going to see if this team can, you know, stay cohesive and actually stay healthy enough to go into the playoffs you know, firing all cylinders because right now, like you said, they are in first, even though they have lost a couple uh, to the Isles lately. But those have been really good games, except for the eight to four game, because uh, that was just a boat race. But that one nothing game kind of shows kind of a preview of what we might see in the playoffs if they match up. Uh, but right now, as number one and two teams, kind of tied right now. I don't know what the Isles are doing as of right now, because uh, I believe they play today. But if I'm not, I might be mistaken. Um, but at the same time, you got to look at it this way and say. You know, they just got to stay the course, just like you said. They're going two and two, two and two. That's nice to see uh, because they're not going to be winning, you know, ten of eleven, uh, you know, over the next, you know, fifteen games or whatever. But we just need to see them have uh, a nice little stretch coming into the end of the season here because you don't want to see them lose four or five straight and they have some controversy in net of who to start, Vanacek or or. Uh, um, or uh, uh, Samsonov. I was about to say Varlamov, but I just said his his name in the uh, rundown. But uh, it's I just think that we need to see uh, them stay the course, have that cohesive uh, you know chemistry going into the playoffs, and I think we'll be all right. Now the other big news that came out, and and actually you had some tweets from Henrik Lundqvist um, about five hours ago. He had mentioned uh, uh, here's let's see here's his tweet here um, right after getting back on the ice. After surgery, I made it my stretch goal to join Capitals for the end of the season. Training has been going really well, and I've been feeling good, but my heart isn't quite ready. Last week's checkup showed some inflammation around the heart that now requires a few months more of rest and steady recovery. While it's not what I hoped for, I know this is all part of the process of getting back to 100%. Um, so obviously, you know, we it seems like we had kind of um, figured that it was likely that we weren't going to be seeing him this season. I mean, that's kind of what the feeling was, at least what I thought when we kind of had the news back when we found out that he was going to be out. I kind of figured, okay, well, I guess we'll never see Lundqvist this season. Um, and then it seems like there were talks that he could possibly come back here at the end of the season for the Caps, and now that seems to be put to bed with the latest news here. Uh, are you disappointed? Are you, is this kind of what you expected? I mean, as a Caps fan, um, and, and for the fans out there, like, I mean, this, this seems like it was kind of 
an exciting news when the Caps were going to be signing him because he's such an iconic goaltender. And then it was like, all right, actually, he's never going to play for the Caps at all, it seems like. Uh, and then right. now we find out he's definitely not going to play for the rest of the season. It's, it's, it's kind of been the saga that nothing really has happened. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's a guy that uh, is a coworker of mine. He's a huge Caps fan as well, and we talked about uh, about um, Lundqvist when the whole entire news came out uh, way back in the early season. And uh, we both were like, kind of not in shock, but we were kind of disappointed that this was happening because we knew Sam Sonoff was going to be, you know, the new up and coming goaltender for our team. And then Vanacek kind of came out of nowhere. No one thought about him, but we thought that Lundqvist could, you know, mentor Sam Sonoff, take some pressure off of him, uh, of being like just thrown into the fire here. And honestly, that kind of disappointed us when that whole entire uh, heart, uh, uh, I guess you could say illness or whatever you want to call it really, kind of kind of came about. Um, but the one thing I'm looking at with this story, Ben, is that I'm hoping that he can actually join the team and see if he can kind of just mentor them. Not play, obviously, but kind of mentor them. But I don't know if that's really going to happen because I don't know what he's actually been doing throughout the season so far. Um, from what I know, I don't think he has been there. Um, but at the same time, it would be nice if he could join the the, the goaltenders, possibly you know the last you know few games of the season, and kind of talk to them and then talk them through what it's going to be like playing in the playoffs because they're going to have that bullseye on their back just like the Caps do every single year because they're usually one of the top two or three seeds, and everyone's going to be gunning for them to the point where I don't want them to falter under pressure, kind of like what Grubauer did. Back when, uh, what was it? When I, it was when we won the cup. Um, but when he actually started for us in like this first couple games were just awful. Yeah. And then they had to throw Holpe back in there. I don't want that to happen to either Vanacek or Samsonov because they don't really have the experience going in here to the point where you know they're going to go in, out there and just just light them on fire and stand on their head and just and just save everything that comes towards the net. Because you're looking at their their season stats right now. I'm looking at the goalie stats and they both have good records. Samsonov is nine three and one. Um, Vanacek is 16-7-3. Their goals against is under three, both of them, which is awesome. Vanacek is actually 2.66, which is amazing. Um, his save percentage is 9-1-1, which is awesome. So when you're looking at that, I just think when it comes down to it, it it's going to be something that they need to make sure that these guys are prepared for the season, um, you know, when they, end, when they end the season and we go into the playoffs because you don't want to have a goalie controversy because everyone's like, you know, okay, it's nice to have two goalies that you can throw in there and, and start from game to game and, and, and be confident about it. But when it comes down to it, you don't want to have the controversy of which goalie is not going to suck tonight. Yeah. You know, that's the biggest That's the biggest thing. That's why I'm hoping that maybe Lundqvist can possibly come in there and, and just kind of mentor these guys and kind of get them mentally prepared. But I don't know if that's kind of in the cards or what uh, Laviolette or anybody uh, on the cap staff has in store for Lundqvist now that they know that he's definitely not going to come back to play at least. Um, but maybe they can he can come in there, kind of be a mentor, and maybe come in next season. We shall see what happens with that as well. So that's, that's honestly going to be a really good uh, topic as well to see if he's able to come back next year will he be in a Caps uniform because the sole fact that Vanacek has surprised everyone so now we have two goalies because I mean he was supposed to come in there and be the guy that was going to be a starter and then have Samsonov kind of kind of be the his shadow behind him and just kind of give him those breaks and then see what the season you know brings along but now that Vanacek has kind of you know blown up the scene here 
is Lundquist even in the cards for next year? So that's also another topic for another day. But uh, definitely upsetting that you know Lundquist wasn't able to be on the Caps uh, this year because I was excited for it. But you know things happen, life happens, and, and that's just how it is, I guess. And it's not like the team isn't playing well. You know, <laughs> it's they're having right, one of their right. best seasons. And uh, I'm a big fan of you know don't rock the boat, don't change things if the, if things are going yep. this well. And so yeah, so I think Lundquist, like you said, could he could he be a nice mentor figure? Sure. Um, and and I, and it sounds like he's definitely not going to be any sort of factor in the team, um, at least for the playoffs in this year. And we'll see about the future um, as well. There was one other piece of Caps news that came out today as well. Um, uh, New Jersey Devils acquired defenseman uh, Siegenthaler from the Washington Capitals on uh, today, and this was this news broke you know five hours ago or so um, for a 2021 third round pick. Um, I'm sure he's pumped for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Uh, Washington Go to the team that they would just been been killing. <laughs> yeah, Washington was able to clear eight hundred thousand dollars in salary cap space before the trade deadline by dealing one of the eight defensemen on its roster, um, and now New Jersey gets the 23 year old on the blue line for its rebuild. So uh, Siegenthaler, restricted free agent after this season, uh, 13 points in 97 career regular season NHL games. And uh, the Caps will get the third-round pick, um, and they will either be Arizona's um, or their own pick, depending on kind of how things shake out. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so that was, I mean, the trade deadline, uh, as, as I think it, it, it finishes up on Monday, um, you know, the, we didn't expect the Caps to do a whole lot here. I don't think there was the need to do a whole lot, especially when you're first place and you're playing good hockey. You're not going to suddenly try to do something crazy, but it's always nice to have some draft assets. And it seems like Siegenthaler was never going to be really a guy who's going to factor in this team's cup run anyways. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is that they have a lot of defensemen, especially getting Chara um, on on the, on the ice, and, and also uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Justin Schultz. So they added a lot of guys in the offseason. The only issue that I have is he is one of the youngest guys on the team, and we need younger guys. That's the problem is the Caps, yes, they've been good for so long, and that's the reason why is because they actually have all these guys um, – such as uh, uh, Nick Backstrom, such as Ovechkin, so, such as uh, John Carlson and TJ Oshie. But these guys are getting older, and the problem is that we need to start getting a little bit younger. Okay, trying to get, and that's the that's the formula I think is perfect. Is that if they can actually start getting a few guys in the draft, and also um, for the Hershey Bears, I think if they can try to get some of these guys to come up here and learn under uh, Backstrom and TJ Oshie and Ovechkin and so on and so forth they can actually start to get a little younger and have the train stay on the tracks once Ovechkin uh, – uh, did I say once? Uh, once Ovechkin and uh, Backstrom start to slow down a little bit. That's the biggest thing is I'm a little worried about because they do have a great team right now, but the problem is, is that we have some of these guys that are getting up there in age and you do not want to have that dilemma where you know all of a sudden they all start slowing down. And I don't know if it's kind of similar. You might know this. Uh, if it's similar to um, the uh, the Red Wings when, when their whole entire crew started slowing down a little bit because have you guys honestly – and I'll ask you this: Have you has the Red Wings uh, have the Red Wings like kind of recovered from those times with Datsuk and so on and so forth? I mean, have they recovered from that situation? Because that's the first thing that comes to mind. It comes to mind in my uh, opinion. Yeah, I mean, that, it's a good example just because again, the the Wings are one of those teams that really kind of <coughs> bet the farm on all these kind of big contracts with all these kind of aging guys. Uh, right. for a long time and now they're still I mean look at them they're still in the process of the rebuild 
this is going on a few years. This team doesn't look like they'll be in contention for a while. Um, so they're really having to start over, and there's there's really not a whole lot of talent left besides guys like Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi at this point. Uh, it's just a bunch of other young guys, and then you throw in veterans on one-year deals here and there. So, uh, yeah, it, it is. It's one of those things that, as a Caps fan, it does make me nervous that you look at the Red Wings model and, and what happened with them, and you look at the Caps, and, and they're kind of in a similar boat where they've got these aging veterans, they've got these big contracts, these guys are going to age out at some point where the key is, what do you do? How do you plan for that future? How do you get things set up for the post OV era? You know, and right. that's what the caps really have to ask themselves here moving forward. But for now, um, you know, you've got a team here that has a chance to pull in another cup. Um, uh, I legit think that. So we'll see. We'll follow right. them here and see how all this plays out. Uh, let's move on to a little baseball talk. The Washington Nationals. Yes, we are talking about the Washington Nationals because we finally get to talk about the Washington Nationals. When we recorded last week, they still hadn't played a game. And now they've played six and they've lost five. So (laughs) we've got ten burning questions about the Washington Nationals that I want to discuss with Mr. Cerrone here. But, Mike, before I get to that, I wanted to mention one thing real quick. Um, Okay. So... Um, you and I are both frequent uh, visitors to the website Twitter, and uh, I know yes. that it is kind of the, the worst place on earth, but also the best place on earth, and it's, it's, it's one of those crazy internet places. But one of the things I've noticed of late is the fan shaming going on in the Nationals fan base uh, on Twitter, where they, if you at all criticize the Nats, this bad start, um, you know, the fact that the team's not putting any runs across, anything like that. The immediate shame is, shaming happens from the other Nats fans saying, it's six games into 162-game season. Like, we don't have Josh Bell or Kyle Schwarber. Like, you're so stupid if you're worried about this Nats team and things like that. And I just think, in my opinion, I think that's that that's ludicrous. I think you have every right to be worried about a 1-5 start for this team while they still may be playing with guys like Yadiel Hernandez and Hernan Perez instead of you know bigger names, at the same time, Mike, it's not like Anthony Rendon is walking through this locker room door in a week uh, to be on this team. It's not like some of the other bigger names in the past are walking through the doors. It's like, all right, yeah, we're getting Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber back. Okay, and a couple other guys. Alex Avila's coming back. Great. An aging catcher that hits 182. We're n- it's not like this team is suddenly going to have an influx of talent and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and power coming into this lineup suddenly and everything's going to magically get better. Could it? Sure. But I think we have every right to question and be worried about this team in this 1-5 and five start where Patrick Corbin gets lit up. You've got no guys hitting the ball at all besides Juan Soto and Trey Turner pretty much. This team has been shut out in three of their last four games. I mean, even bad teams are putting up runs, Mike. Uh, the Detroit Tigers are last place in their division. They're still scoring runs. They're not getting right. shut out every game. So it just makes me, I, I get sick and tired of, of, of people on Twitter saying, oh, if you complain about a 1-5 start, you're an idiot and things like that because, Mike, I'm worried. I'm a little worried. Yeah, do I think like this is an indication of the Nats being terrible all season? No. I understand this is a small sample size, but it's all I have to work with, and it's not very pretty. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is I was looking over all the games and kind of trying to pinpoint something that could be the issue, and I think I think you mentioned it. You mentioned some guys that are hitting 
And the back half of the order has been the problem here. And that's the thing is you mentioned it yourself is that obviously we're going to get Josh Bell, uh, Josh Harrison, who's going to be a nice utility player for the most part uh, the rest of the season, and Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, we're going to get these guys back. But is that going to fix the issue of scoring runs? Now, Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber, you know, they can help with the scoring runs, but say they're in a slump or something of that nature. Who knows, you know, coming off this whatever, this COVID thing or whatever is it, you want to call this whole entire thing that they're talking about, uh, you know, that we got thrown into uh, once again, just like last season. I mean, that's the biggest thing is the back half of the order is not hitting because, I mean, you see guys, like you mentioned, Juan Soto, you know, he had a two-home run game the other day and it didn't help us at all. I mean, his OBP is 40, uh, 440 and he's hitting the, uh, the cover off the ball for the most part and he's, and he's playing good. But the problem is, and even Ryan Zimmerman, the guy that I, uh, I kind of uh, – uh, you, you know, um, <laughs> I don't even know. What, I don't even want to say it anymore. I mean, he's hitting 381, and he's actually hitting hitting pretty well. But the problem is that we just don't have that back half of the order that is, you know, you know, keeping up the bargain. I guess you could say to the point where we're not having those runs to help our starting pitching because now, you know, you see a, a gem out there by Max, and then all of a sudden, you know, our our bullpen comes in, they let him two runs, and we already lost the game because we couldn't even score a run. So it's just, I just think the back half of the order is really struggling right now to try to keep uh, keep up, I guess you could say, the play that we need because we don't have a Josh Bell or a Kyle Schwarber out there right now in the back or in the, you know, the heart of the lineup, but it's just a situation that's really uh, you know troublesome. But I totally agree with you with those guys that are on, on those those you know keyboard warriors that sit there and they're like, yo, you don't. It's kind of like when FP, you know, we don't like this. Where FP says, if you don't know this and you don't know baseball, like I hate when people say that because it's like I've been watching baseball since I was you know four years old, you know, and I've been watching this team since they were in existence. So it's just, you know, it doesn't mean I don't know baseball. It's mean I have a difference of opinion about, about if I'm worried or not. It's not like it's a, it's a number or, or a fact like out there. It's an opinion and it's an opinion. If, Oh, if you worried or, you know, should you press the panic button, these different things, but you have those people that say, you know, you don't know baseball. That's why I don't like when FP sits there and says, right. Oh, you guys don't know baseball. You know, if you don't tell your kids this or something, it's like, whatever, dude, like, you know, sure. You, you were a utility player for 17 different teams <laughs> or whatever when you were playing. doesn't mean I don't know baseball. So it's just, you know, I, I totally agree with you there, but I just think the back half of the order is really struggling here early. Not not saying that we didn't we, we played easy teams. I mean, the Dodgers and the Braves are, you know, uh, premier teams. Some of these people are predicting those two teams to be, you know, in it towards the end uh, of the playoffs. But, you know, it, it's definitely not good to see you, you know, go out there and three out of four games get shut out because that's something that's – that's kind of troublesome a little bit. If you can't score a run in three out of four games, that's kind of that's like a you know makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. Saying okay, you know, getting a little tight here, yeah. uh, not really a little little worried. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, look, could the Nats win the next five series and and obviously like launch back into first place and all that stuff? Of course, we're not idiots. We know it's a long season, but I think you have every right to be looking at the sample size that we have to work with and say, okay, this isn't great. And this doesn't, and, and just because these guys are going to be coming back doesn't necessarily mean everything is suddenly going to be uh, sunshine and rainbows now because Josh Bell is back. You know, the guy had a great spring yep. training. Awesome. The guy was pretty horrible last year in the COVID year. He was pretty good the year before. He strikes out a ton. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that because we've got questions. We've got 10 burning questions here. So we'll start with your, your man, Ryan Zimmerman, your favorite <laughs> Mr. National. Um, so right now, to start the year, he's batting 381. 
Uh, he's got eight hits on the year. No bombs yet, but uh, had a pretty great spring. Everybody's really hyped about that. And I guess my, one of my questions that we can discuss first off is, do you think that Ryan Zimmerman will have some sort of repeat of that 2017 season where he just went off? He batted over 300, uh, had a, a 358 on base percentage, slugged 573. Um, I mean, Nats fans remember that there was just this year where Ryan Zimmerman just went crazy at the plate. And was yep. kind of the, it was like his comeback year in a way. Uh, because, Wasn't that one of his like two All Star years or something? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. So it was one of those things where suddenly you've got um, you know you've got Ryan Zimmerman kind of off to a great start again this year. Where do you you know what what what's your kind of opinion on that? Do you think this? And I know you don't like him, but I want to know. Yeah. Uh, bias aside, bias aside. Sure, sure. Bias aside, because keep in mind, all we can compare it to is 2019, where in 171 at bats, he batted 257, had six bombs. Um, you know that was real, and then he sat out last year. So we had, we had, we don't really have a ton of data to compare it to, but everyone seems to be pretty hyped about Ryan Zimmerman, and I just want to know where you stand right now. So just like I said, bias aside, I mean, obviously, I don't trust Ryan Zimmerman as as as. You know, much I could, as much as I can say his name. I mean, it's just like when, when it comes down to it, I just don't see him repeating that because obviously, when Josh Bell comes back, he's going to be taking at bats from him, and we all know how it how it is when a player doesn't get there at bats because they say it all the time on TV, radio, whatever it may be that if the player who's on the bench doesn't, you know, isn't a typical bench player, which Ryan Zimmerman has not been a bench player in his entire career. But a guy that goes out there and plays every single day, you know, they get a nice little rhythm. But when Josh Bell comes in and he starts playing first base, Ryan Zimmerman ain't going to be playing first base. He's going to be getting hacks, you know, you know, in the cage and maybe a a, a late inning, um, you know, a, 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 what am I saying? Uh, uh, what's the? Why am I going blind blank here? Pinch hitting. And, um, pinch hitter. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going. I went it's blind right. blank it's right a, there. It's for a Sunday second. evening. It's a Sunday. Yeah, evening. Sunday mind, evening. Yeah. You, you had a late night at carpool. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a late night with uh, with uh, local Ricky over there twerking near. Me. Um, anyways, uh, on the ATM machine, that was kind of weird. Um, anyways, so uh, basically, yeah, if he'll have a late pinch hitting uh, attempt and all that kind of stuff. But if he doesn't get in a rhythm, that's the issue that I see. Is that it could? I mean, this is a whole new ball game in his career. I think now. I don't know how much longer his career is going to go on. You know, that's you now biased towards that. That's a whole different story. But. When it comes down to it, can he repeat that kind of thing? I don't think so because the sole fact that when Josh Bell comes in, Josh Bell is a starter. You know, and that's the thing that I look at is can Ryan actually go out there and be that bench player, that big bopper off the off the bench that can possibly come in there and maybe hit a hit, hit a, a bomb or two to win us a game? Who knows? But that's on him to change his style because he's never been that type of player on the bench. But honestly, bias aside, I would say maybe I, w- I would possibly say it's like a 40% chance that he ha- he might repeat that. I don't think I'm going to raise it up to like, oh, yeah, it's a toss-up. Can he do it? Can he not do it? I think that him not uh, you know playing last season, maybe just getting that rest could have helped. Um, but at this point in time, you know, he's, he's on a nice little nice little hot streak. But like I said, once Josh Bell comes back, it's going to be a whole different ballgame, uh, pun intended, to see what um, he can do when he comes off the bench and has some spot starts here and there. I mean, the wild thing about that 2017 uh, 303 batting average was the year prior, in 2016, he batted 218. So it kind of came right. out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, everybody probably was wondering, is this guy juicing or something like that? But he, he mm-hmm. put together that 303 season. I don't think he has those types of seasons left in him. I think the Nats... 
and us as fans would be happy if he did anything over 250. I mean, I think that would right. be what we expect out of him. Um, so, yeah, he's off to a nice hot start. That's awesome. Um, I don't necessarily see that continuing too longer and uh, too much longer. And like you said, I think Josh Bell is the guy that, at least for now, could really fit in the role at first base and brings a lot more pop in his bat as well. Because um, Ryan right. Zimmerman, that 2017 season, hit 36 bombs, which, again, was right. bananas for him. It hit 15 the year before, 16 the b- year before that. So, I mean, 31 was or 36 was insane. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Z-Man. Uh, by the way, we'll jump around here because we probably won't get to all 10 due to time's sake, uh, trying to keep these shows around an hour for you folks. I, I guess I wanted to jump into a question that I definitely wanted us to discuss is, why in the world <laughs> is Eric you're go to this. Fetty still on this team? <laughs> Mike, this season, oh. he had one start. He didn't even go two full innings. Gave up five runs, six hits. 2020, 4.29 ERA. In eight starts. Okay, you could say, oh, it was just a COVID year. I mean, the year prior, even the year the Nats won the World Series, he wasn't that great. 450 ERA, uh, four and two in 12 starts. There is just no explanation on why this guy is still on this team. He is the A.J. Cole of this modern era with the Nats because that's what the Nats used to do with A.J. Cole. He would just stay around and stay around. The guy comes and pitches a game, gives up five runs every single time, Mike. Every single time. Right. And for a team that is struggling right now, Eric Fetty is on the bump, I believe, tomorrow. Um, Great. This is just, it's just not what you like to see as a Nats fan, especially, I know they're in a little bit of weird situation because John Lester is still not back yet. And nobody really kind of knows when he is going to be coming back. But you still, it's not like this is a mystery. Eric Fetty's been on this team for years. Why? Why is he still on this team? Yeah, and I'm looking at his his uh, overall stats right now, and he's not like a Max Scherzer up there hitting bombs as a pitcher. That's the reason. That's not the reason that we're holding on to him. Honestly, I don't understand because, you know, and, and I know Eric Fetty is like my Ryan Zimmerman. You know, it's like for you, Eric Fetty is literally you just can't stand him. Because the other day we're in our group message, you're sitting there, you're saying, "All right, nice, we got four runs. All right, Eric Fetty comes in. All right, nope, that, that, that lead's already gone." Um, <laughs> that was just, oh, that was pretty funny. But I'm just looking at his stats right now, and I mean, literally in his career, he's eight and twelve. After he started 35 games and hasn't even won 10 of them, and for a guy that's getting all these opportunities with a good ball club. I mean, seriously, let's be honest here. I mean, you're looking at his ERA in his career. He's 5.29. His WHIP is 1.54. I mean, it's it's oh, his 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 stats just. I mean, I'm gonna turn it off already. I'm not even gonna look at it anymore. <laughs> it's just it just makes no sense. Just like you said, how they keep him around because the only reason I think they keep him around is because of the sole fact that he's reliable to the extent that he can go out there and actually pitch. You know, and and I mean, I say pitch. I don't mean pitch well. Um, That's the thing, Mike. You know, I, I feel I, like you throw me out on the bump or you out on the bump. I feel like we give we give the Nats basically an Eric Fetty chance. Now, I know that's ridiculous. People are going to yell at me for even saying that. But still, it feels like that. It feels like Eric Fetty is just a waste of a uh, spot. A waste of a... I mean, right. there's got to be some young prospect or some veteran that we... You know, a Jeremy Hellickson type or you know somebody that where it's like, hey, give this guy a shot um, and see if he still has some juice left in the arm. That sort of thing. I mean, there's plenty of MLB free agents still unsigned. Why not give one of them a shot and to see, okay, could this be a guy that pitches for us in October if this team makes the playoffs? Eric Fetty's right. not going to be pitching for this team in crucial games. There's just no way. Yeah, and then also the whole entire thing that John Lester's not back yet as well and that he was going to be our fourth starter and then you were going to have Joe Roche be the, uh, be the number five. So it's like 
now you're looking at it and saying, okay, we're, we're, we're banking on John Lester to come back, come in here and throw anything that's competent that's not Eric Fetty. Yeah, and that's the problem much. is that literally you're looking at the situation here, and I totally agree with that, that statement, what you just said, because I was actually going to bring that up too. Why can't you go out there and get a guy that's going to – I mean, geez, go get Levon Hernandez. He probably pitches better than Eric I Fetty mean, right Anna, now at this point. Anibal Sanchez is still a free agent right now, Mike. He's still unsigned. Yeah. I mean, uh, Anibal Sanchez, Jeff Samarja, there's some unsigned free agent that I wouldn't mind. I would, I would be more comfortable without on the bump. I mean, at least Anibal Sanchez has, as, a, as annoying as he, he was sometimes to watch, he at least has World Series experience. I mean, he's, he's, he, he won a ring with this team. You might as well go sign him and let him pitch in that spot, and he'll at least give you a better ERA. Uh, you know, it's not going to be that much better, but it's going to be a little bit better than what you're getting you out of think, Eric Fetty. You don't think Anibal Sanchez could go out there and give you a, a basically a 500 average and actually win you some games? I mean, yeah. you saw what he did in the playoffs that time. He's not that much older from when we went, won the World Series title. I mean, he's not. I mean, he he's not like a you know a 97 you know down the pipe uh, type. He's not a Max Scherzer like type thrower. Right. And for a guy, that's why Levon Hernandez. That's why I mentioned him. Levon Hernandez literally lived. Look at Bartolo Colon. Bartolo Colon throws 65 miles an hour, and he's. Yeah. I don't even know if he's still in the league. Not anymore, not, not anymore. But he was. He lasted for a long time. I mean, the guy was 57 years old out there throwing, you know, 67 right. and getting wins for the Mets and stuff like. That. It's just. It's just funny to me because you can go out and just like you said, you know, I don't think I'd get a Jeff Samarja because I think he was more of a fastball type pitcher, anyways. But if you can go out there and get an Anibal Sanchez and throw him in as you know your sixth starter once John Lester comes back, or even be that guy that can fill in. I mean, it's it's just to the point where, you know, the experience is done. Can you please just, you know, uh, just move on? It's the same thing with Carter Kibu. Yeah. They're, they're, oh, they're, yeah. They, do this, they do the same thing with these guys that they draft or that they try to try to groom. It's It, it comes down to Mike Rizzo and his, his whole entire, like, this guy is a homegrown guy. We want to have him for the long haul, and we're going we're gonna to groom him as long as possible. And that's what I'm talking about with Carter Kibu. Not to get off topic, I'll say this really quickly. I just think with Carter Keebum, it's like how many chances can you give a guy to, hey, hit in the major leagues. Don't hit in AAA. That's not giving us anything. Hit in the major leagues and show us something. But I just think that when it comes down to it, you have to stop giving guys a million chances. This is a business. This ain't, oh, yeah, you know, we might hurt his feelings because, you know, he's an Austin Voth or – any, anybody else that goes out there, uh, you know, that goes out there and, and throws and, and lets in four runs, and hopefully we hit that day. You know, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, when you throw a guy like Eric Fetty out there because you know something is possibly going to go wrong or highly likely to go wrong. And that's the thing. I just, I think, I just think we're just wasting time when we see Eric Fetty out there because you and I both know when he's out there on the bump, he's going to let in at least three runs. Right. So we know we got to hit that day. Hopefully there's no uh, Clayton Kershaw or Walker Bueller out there, uh, you know, throwing because we know we're not going to score against them. So that's the biggest thing. When I see Eric Fetty, it's basically like we're almost waving, waving the white flag at that point. You mentioned Carter Keeboom, of course, batted 133 this spring uh, with 17 strikeouts. And then he did Ooh. get a couple at-bats here this season uh, before they sent him back down. I guess uh, he had a walk and a strikeout uh, in his couple at-plate appearances in here in 2021 that were kind of like, you know, hey, we just need a body in there. And he is just uh, his stock has fallen so far um, oh, from yeah. being a, a first round draft pick in 2016 to where he's I mean, who's going to try to trade for him? I mean, his value is only, horrible. And the only teams that could trade for him are those teams that are rebuilding and thinking that oh yeah, we'll just give this guy a shot because we're rebuilding anyways. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind the, this was the, the guy that uh, we were told is the reason why 
where the team's okay with uh, tra- uh, you know getting, letting Anthony Rendon walk is because right. Carter Keeboom's there to pick up the slack. And meanwhile, that clearly has not happened. Uh, we'll do one more question here, and then we'll save the rest for next week. Um, we get we get heated when we talk about this. I know, I know, and that's why, <laughs> uh, but I love it. I love it. That's why I love baseball season. We should probably keep it to three burning questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I guess the the one question I did want to touch on quickly is Joe Ross. So Joe Ross, you mentioned him earlier. Um, had a great uh, first appearance here this season. Five innings, two hits, four strikeouts, no earned runs. Um, this is a guy who set out the COVID season. Um, we saw him uh, a little bit in 2019 here and there. He obviously pitched the big World Series game, stepping in for Max Scherzer and did well. I mean, he only gave up a couple runs here and there and was really impressive. Um, this is a guy who we're kind of expecting, you and I at least, are, are expecting some really big things out of Joe Ross this season. I think this is might be a kind of a comeback year for this guy who – was so highly lauded. I mean, he in, he was the the draft pick by the Padres. He came back over, I believe, in the Trey Turner trade. Um, was one of the guys as a part of that trade, and uh, he's been you know with this team since 2015. And uh, you know, he just has never really, I feel like, gotten the full chance. The full, you know, he pitched Eric Fetty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he pitched in 27 games in 2019, but only started nine of those. So they had him coming out of the pen. And, you know, 548 ERA, 2018 was 506. He really hasn't been the Joe Ross that we kind of expected since 2016. 2016 was his lowest ERA, 3.43, so uh, in 105 innings. I feel like, in my opinion, I feel like this is going to be the year that we get our Joe Ross that we were promised. I mean, that's that's my opinion. I think we will finally get the guy that has the talent that we expect from him, and he's still relatively young at 27. Um, that uh, I, at least I'm excited to see Joe Ross. That's that's that, that's my opinion. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is what you just said there. He's 27 years old, and that's the thing that we're looking at is the pitching staff is getting a little older, and we need somebody that come to come in there and be one of those guys that can be a workhorse, you know, a top three guy, maybe not maybe not the you know the the number one or maybe number two, but have that number three starter in the works right there. And we're hoping, like you said, Joe Ross can be that guy because he has the stuff. I mean, he has good stuff, but I think injuries and not enough starts and just kind of the inconsistencies when it comes to is he going to play or, or is, are they going to just kind of going to hold him in reserve? Are they going to send him down or what are they going to do? Uh, and that's the biggest thing that I look at is just like you mentioned, he hasn't really had the opportunities. And that's why I think it's kind of funny that, you know, they had um, all these, all these, you know, basically all these squids, you want to call them squids like Eric Fetty and all these guys that go out there, they get all these different types of uh, opportunities. And Joe Ross is sitting there just like, okay, what am I going to do? What do I have to do to, you know, get a chance? And that's the funny thing is he he just, he has, sorry, I had a frog in my throat there. Uh, He has the stuff, but the problem is, is like I said, I think the injuries and then the opportunities and everything mixed together hasn't really come forth for him. But I think hopefully having last year off, maybe kind of getting 100% healthy and now having that, that bona fide spot in the rotation and also you know seeing Max's career start to kind of wind down just a tad bit, can open the door slightly. Hopefully he can slide his foot in there and possibly say, hey, Mike Rizzo, 
I'm really looking forward to possibly being here for the long haul, and I'm going to show you this season what I can do. Uh, so that's what I'm hoping to. I have the same belief as you that this year we're going to see a Joe Ross uh, standout, and hopefully we can see him go out there and, and show what he has. Because I mean, his first uh, you know uh, game this season, he threw five innings. Didn't he's not a really big strikeout guy. He's more of a contact uh, pitcher. But I mean, he had only two hits against. Him. I mean, he's a good pitcher. We just need to see him break out of that shell and, and show everyone what he has. Yeah. He's always a guy that's going to give me give you contact, ground balls. Uh, I think he's got that sinking fastball. So it's right. it's going to be um, you know, and that's what you need. You really would love a good season out of Joe Ross, especially in that fourth or fifth starter role um, on this team, because Max, like you said, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get out of Max this season. You're hoping for another good season. Strasburg, you know, is going to be pretty good. Corbin. I mean, you would hope would be pretty good. Didn't look great in his debut, but hey, it's that's one game. If he can turn it around, uh, you know, that would be fine. And then John Lester, another kind of older arm that you're not entirely sure how he's going to look for this team, but hope, hoping for the best or at least 500-type ball from, from him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hey, hey last little yeah, bit yeah. with that is that with the layoff, I think that also affected everybody because – you know, they always say these pitchers are preparing for when their when their day is, and they have these routines. I think when they said, "Oh, we're not going to be playing for this day. When are we going to be playing next? No one knows. Right. I mean, are we going to play this day? Like, all that kind of stuff." So, just like you said with Corbin, I think that okay, you know, first game just throw it out of the out of the window. You saw Max come back out there after letting four bombs in his opening start come out there and throw a gem today. So, I think it's just they kind of get kind of getting that that season rhythm. So, I'm not going to hold that against Corbin or anybody like that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think. While it's okay for us to at least evaluate somewhat the six games as a whole for the Nats team, pitchers we're not going to let we're not going to evaluate just off of one start because right, guys can have right. bad starts all the time. It, I mean, Max again gave up four or five bombs in the game against Atlanta <laughs> and then comes out and pitches a gem against the Dodgers today. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, well, so we'll save some of these topics for another day, but let's move on quickly to the forecast and let you guys know what's on the schedule this week for uh, three of the teams, at least, with the Washington football team, of course, not being in season. The Wizards will head to Utah on Monday, and then they'll head to Sacramento Wednesday. Pelicans Friday, Pistons Saturday, four games all on the road. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at those four, you got to think the Pistons is a possible win, even though those teams have split the season. Uh, but those other three games, I mean, the Kings could possibly be a win too, but I think this Wizards team might go one and three, I think, in those four games. <laughs> well, honestly, it doesn't really matter, so we'll yeah. see what happens anyway. <laughs> but then the Caps, if we're looking at the Washington Capitals, they play Philly on Tuesday, Buffalo on Thursday. Those both are at home. And then they play at Philly on Saturday and at Boston on Sunday. So three of those four are probably going to be a really good test to see, uh, like I said, some benchmarks of what we have going into the playoffs. Uh, the Buffalo one, hopefully that one is more of just like on a kind of a warm-up uh, for Philly and Boston, those back-to-backs. Uh, at Philly and at Boston for the Caps. So we'll see uh, what they go uh, and do here this week. Obviously, four games in about five days. That's going to be a tough one, so we'll see uh, what happens uh, with them. But hopefully we can see them go out there and uh, maybe go, I would say, mm, if they split it, I'll be satisfied with it, but I think they might go 3-1 and one on, that little, on that little stretch there. That would be great. I mean, again, 2-2, two and 3-1, two, and one, that's all you're looking for out of the Caps at this point. And then the Nationals... Uh, you've got a couple series going on this week. They're in the ro- on the road in St. Louis. You can catch them 7.45 p.m. on Monday and Tuesday in a 1.15 day game on Wednesday. And then they head to – and then actually come back home and they play Arizona for a four-game set 
7.05 start on Thursday, 7.05 on Friday, 105 on Saturday, and on Sunday. So you got to think, I mean, the Diamondbacks, one of the worst teams in the league. Um, you got to think the Nats have to win some games there. Um, that actually kind of plays into uh, one of Mike's picks later, so I don't want to give that away. Um, <laughs> and then the St. Louis series, I mean, the Cardinals, uh, they're kind of a middle-of-the-pack team right now just as when it comes to the start of the season, but this should be a team that contends in a pretty bad NL Central. Uh, so this this is kind of an important homestand, or, or excuse me, road stand for the Nationals here going against a 5-4 and four St. Louis Cardinals team. We obviously know about the big signings with Nolan Arenado, bringing him in and that sort of thing. So that will be a fun one. I'll be looking forward to the Cardinals series, and then the Diamondbacks hopefully will be a blowout. We'll see what happens there. Let's get to the final lap, our chance to touch on some quick analysis on big stories in sports that aren't in Washington, D.C. First up, Michael, Alex Rodriguez. Set to purchase the Minnesota Timberwolves. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, they can't get much worse, so we shall see what happens. Gotta love rich <laughs> people with money. <laughs> rich people with money. <laughs> Baseball going to basketball. Hideki Matsuyama wins the Masters. First Asian-born man to win the Masters. Mike, he had the lead for all day long today. Nobody seemed to really catch him. Uh, what do you think about his performance? Uh, he's he's always been a hit or miss type player. I mean, he's always been the most consistent guy when it comes to if he's winning, just like he did uh, this past weekend. But then you have those certain situations where he goes out there and finishes 15 over and somehow just is dead last. So I didn't pick him in any of my pools, so I lost some money this week. But it, it was definitely a good Masters, and I love watching it. WrestleMania 37 was this weekend. Are, were you ever a WrestleMania guy? I did like watching wrestling back in the day. The Rock and Stone Cold, two of my faves, but uh, didn't watch WrestleMania. Don't pay for it, and uh, I usually just see it on TikTok or something like that for free. <laughs> Eddie George, named Tennessee <laughs> State head coach. I, I, I got nothing. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I mean, just a, a legend, uh, NFL legend, gets another yes, head coach yes. job, kind of follows in the road of you saw Deion Sanders, of course, obviously coaching right. in college as well. Kind of a cool note there. Uh, last question here for you, Mike. Would you give up alcohol and fast food for a year in exchange for a ticket to the Masters? And I H-E double hockey sticks? No. Oh, <laughs> I would wow. never do that because the Masters are jumping between player to player. And I heard that Augusta, when you go out there, it's so hilly. It's basically having a workout. And I don't want to have to walk around and try to see where they're hitting the ball and stuff like that. I'd rather go play Augusta than, than go see it. I'd rather watch it on TV, though. Even, even TV, if I gave you a four-day pass, you could watch every single day of golf there you could bounce around different holes here and there four day pass but no alcohol for a year or or fast food for a year you'd still say no definitely not okay. I mean, you have you have to watch it on tv you got jim nance and you got you know nick faldo and all these guys doing analysis and stuff like that i love seeing that especially when i got money riding on it i don't want to have to go and watch my guy crumble if i have money on him because that's it's just in person i might just cry i might I, I, at least like at least i can cry in person in, in, in my house right i now. might make it a regular segment where i try to think of things that you would give up alcohol and fast food for a year for um, oh, please do. That, that would be fun. <laughs> I, think I'll, I think I'll throw another one in there uh, next week. Uh, let's All get right. to the money line, our pick segment here. Um, we do keep track of our records right now. I'm sitting 500 at 2-2. Two and two. Mike, nice week. 3-1 and one now. 2-0, um, and oh, baby. 2-0 oh last week. That's always good when you can sweep the week. We give a lock and we give an upset. I'm trying to change my luck a little bit, so I'm going to go first this time. 
Um, All right. For my lock, you got a Blue Jays-Yankees series coming up this week. Blue Jays, the young Blue Jays, are playing some good baseball. The Yankees are coming off of a loss series against Tampa uh, where they got smoked. I like this young Blue Jays squad, and the Yankees pitching is just not good this year at all. I'm going to say Toronto takes two of the three games over the Yankees this week. And then my upset pick, my boys in Detroit, the Pistons have a back-to-back with the Clippers. I'm saying the Clippers are probably going to win that first game of the back-to-back. I think that's on Monday or Tuesday. But I'm going to say the Pistons end up punking them on Wednesday. I'm going to say the Clippers get their dub that they're expecting to do so, and then they let up on the gas pedal on Wednesday, and the Pistons surprise them a bit and get the upset. That is actually not a bad pick because that's the one thing about my betting and parlays that everyone keeps saying is that the Pistons, even though they're pretty much out of it, they just don't give up any time, and that's a good thing to see. So that upset pick might not be bad. I mean, obviously, uh, me and you are the upset kings because your lock didn't, didn't come through, uh, but both of us got our upset picks uh, right this past week. I might week, change is, the uh, name. I, awesome. I might just switch the categories and say say my <laughs> upset is the lock and, and, and the other <laughs> way around because that's apparently I'm good at picking the dogs. Well, that hey, that O's pick was oh man, that was that was solid. Even though I picked the Yankees in my parlay and they obviously let me down, but hey, that was solid. I gave you your props for that, no doubt. I appreciate it. Uh, what so, do you got? My lock of the week is the Nats win three or four against Arizona. I'm hoping that uh, the guys that are missing come back and hopefully they get a little spark underneath of them and see if they can uh, go out there. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think three of those four, you have our top dogs in Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin pitching. So I'm hoping that's going to be the lock. But three or four against Arizona. And my upset is another baseball pick, Zach Eflin records a win against the Mets and DeGrom on Thursday. He recorded seven innings pitched, eight Ks, and a win in his first start out against Atlanta. The second start against Atlanta wasn't as good, even though he still went six innings. Uh, But overall, I mean, I'm hoping that uh, the Phillies can go out and beat DeGrom because that's just going to show you that DeGrom's just wasting his time with the New York Mets because, honestly, I bet on DeGrom to get the win and get the dub against the Marlins, and he went out there and had, like, 18 strikeouts, like a Strasburg opener, and they lost 2 to nothing. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Zach Eflin recording a win, a prop bet recording a win against the Mets on Thursday. Jacob DeGrom, his stats are unbelievable. I mean, even this season so far, like you said, two starts – 0.64 ERA, 0-1 record. Um, the guy has only given up eight hits, one run, which was a homer, which was the Jazz Chisholm homer in that Marlins game, has only right. walked two batters, struck out 21, and guys are hitting 170 against him, and he's got a 0.71 whip uh, right now. Cool whip. So, uh, yeah, you got to feel for the guy who has just wasted a career. And Now, then again, he did get a World Series appearance. Now, they didn't win the World Series the year they made it, but they did have a World Series run at the time. But at the same time, man, you really wish his team would get him some support. I mean, 0-1 with that ERA is unbelievable. So I like it, Zach Eflin. So you're going against what most people would say, but I think you're right that when DeGrom pitches, the Mets just forget how to hit. So I think that's why that is going to be a pretty strong pick. Um, as an upset pick because I think the Mets just suck every time that their best pitcher comes out to pick. So we'll we'll track those throughout the week and keep you updated. Of course, if you want to submit any picks to us or just let us know what you're up to, 
feel free to tweet us at the DC Crossover or at Cerrone16. And again, we just advise you, check out the Contender. It's a cool app, uh, or it's not an app yet, but it's a cool website. It's going to be an in app summer. This, It'll be in an the app summer. In the summer. Um, so you'll be able to stream us on your phone and things like that. But for now, you can just go to the website, and we'll, our shows will be streaming on Tuesday and Thursday and all that good stuff. You can, of course, listen to the show in all the regular places as well. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, Mike and I are just glad to be bringing you some content again week after week. We've got a nice little groove going. Um, little groove. And nice. uh, hopefully we'll be talking about the Nats winning this week, uh, and we'll get into some, um, again, as the Caps wrap up the end of their season, the Washington football team getting closer and closer to draft day. So plenty of things going on in the nation's capital when it comes to sports. Mike, any final thoughts before we sign off here? This past week, I had a nice little hot week with my parlays. I won a few hundred dollars, which is nice to see. Um, and also some of my stocks uh, went up a little bit. So feeling pretty good about this last week. But I, uh, you know, sometimes cold streaks happen. And I'm hoping that does not happen to me this week. Would you give up <laughs> fast food and alcohol oh, for is. a year for box seats for the World Series? next year now you don't get to pick the teams obviously or this season so whoever whoever wow. plays in the world series is in the world series but you have box seats for as many games as as there are in the in the series uh, but you got to give up fast food and keep in mind these box seats are all inclusive so you'll be able to drink and eat at, in the box seats for free okay but you have to give up alcohol for the for a year and you have to give up fast food for a year if if it was the Nats, the problem is that it, I can't. I don't if, if the Nats aren't in it. Exactly. I, don't, I don't really want to. I don't really want to see you know the Dodgers play the Braves. I mean, it's, but it's, it's the World Series. I mean, even you though can they, still that wouldn't it. happen because they're both in the National League. But yeah, I, I don't want to see the Yankees play the Dodgers. Okay. I know it's the World Series, but it's like that's the one thing that I, like I need it to be my team. Got to be like, okay, okay. I can't, I can't. I can't watch. Like I said, I can't watch the Yankees and, and the Phillies. You know, going at it. I just can't. I can't watch that kind of stuff because it's, it's, I don't have the emotional interest in it. Like I'll watch it just because I love sports, but you know, I, I can't give up. You know, my rum and cokes and uh, you know a, a, a late night Taco Bell run. You know, for you know to watch the Red Sox or the Red Sox never going to make it anyways. Um, you know, to watch whatever team makes it. I, I, I don't think I can do that. But okay. that should be a, that should be a segment. We should do like a, a real quick like yes or no. Oh yeah, it, it'll be in why. every final that. lap. I think for for all the shows okay. going forward, I'll be sure Thank to include you. that. That is Mike. You can't, tell, you can't. You can't. You can't tell me. By the way, what it is? I'm no, gonna no, be surprised. No. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I, I won't put it in the <laughs> format. I'll put it in my phone. That is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. We thank you for listening to the show. Again, please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tell your friends, and uh, all, as always, feel free to contact us on social media. Follow the Contender, and uh, we will see you guys next week in another episode of the DC Crossover.